So how are you, Chris? <laughs> How's it going? Good. You want to talk about your novel? Yes. Oh. Tell me about it. 2,500 words. About how many pages is that? I'm assuming, you know, 12 regular times Roman 12 font. Because you're typing. You're not handwriting. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know. It's like four or five pages or something like that. Okay. Which is not really. It doesn't sound like a lot. But. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. In the creative process. Yeah. Because it's not about how fast you can type. It's mm. about how fast you can create. Let's talk about this creative process. I've always wanted to write, but I really just don't. Okay, so... Do we just want to talk about NaNoWriMo? We might. Let's just talk about National Novel Writing. Why don't you introduce us and we'll just keep talking. We'll just keep talking. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out already, this <laughs> is the Long Overdue Podcast. A production of the Decatur Public Library. Welcome, listeners. I think we've got a variety of topics today. Um, we were just talking about how we never, we never would intro these things with like, hey, how's it going, Denise? <laughs> what have you been up to, Dawn? What's up? <laughs> and so, yeah. so we kind of like. I like to keep some of my uh, personal biz, my personal biz. That's fine. You can just make up some <laughs> fake personal biz. Oh, this could be fun. <laughs> we, we get back to that creative process there. <laughs> well, if you can't tell, I'm a little under the weather. Not really. Just my throat sounds yeah. like. I think we're all under the weather. Just a little. Yeah. I mean, I so. yeah. I mean, because. The weather isn't. The weather has us. been. Ooh. Crazy. It, well, it is a lot of it is above us and around <laughs> us. But I was thinking that that's where he was going with yeah, that too. Yeah, I was just but, waiting for but it. But it wasn't really a joke. Not really. It was like the weather has been. It's been crazy. Cold and a lot of rain, a lot of wet. And of then course, it gets warm again, and then it gets cold. Does it get warm again? Yeah, it's supposed to get like back up to the sixties. Yeah, I saw that. That's going to happen. And I mean, yeah, okay, that's not hot, but it's not cold either right so i'm wondering if any of my my plants outside survived that 25 degree weather um, we did cover them for the community garden mm-hmm. um, but, but we were thinking it's going to get warm again we should try to at least yeah. salvage them so i don't know our neighbor's plants are all just like after the big freeze mm-hmm. like two nights in a row yeah they're just completely brown and just mm-hmm. just like drooping yeah they're just you know they're decorative plants or whatever so they'll grow back again next year but that was the one that did it yeah (laughs) well yeah it's a big freeze to be that low yeah but i don't know if it really got that cold out at my house i don't know it gets colder up here in decatur than it does a little bit further south Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes yeah yeah weather patterns are interesting because it'll snow up here before it does down there Mm mm-hmm Yep. Might miss us. It is kind of weird. Yep. All right. So we were talking about NaNoWriMo, mm-hmm. which is National Novel Writing Month, which happens in November. Yeah. Every November. Which, yeah. We we talked about this in our after discussion the other day, right? Or something. Anyway, like uh-huh. who decided November was a good month to do this? Right. 
It's like this sounds like a terrible time. This is the month where you have all kinds of free time, isn't it? <laughs> it's just yeah <laughs> that your family wants to claim. <laughs> yeah, sure, you get some time off, but you spend all that time traveling or cooking or talking to people uh-huh. or, or listening about <laughs> gifts that you have to buy shopping yeah. for people cleaning your house getting ready for company uh-huh. yes yeah. all of that uh-huh. and yet somehow you need to write 50,000 words yeah maybe this was developed farther north where it was colder this time of year and so and you're stuck you're stuck inside <laughs> so you, you might, might as, as well, well be writing a story <laughs> well i do find the weather that much more agreeable during this time of the year for writing. Like, I'm not, I don't, I feel like I'm just not very effective at anything when it's 100 degrees outside. Yeah. And now that the weather, now that somebody like turned the, the thermostat down, <laughs> you know, a little bit, I just, I'm, I'm like, all this new life is, yeah, is coming out. And I, I feel a little bit like that too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know that Denise doesn't no, I exactly agree with us. I was like, oh, it's cold. I don't need to do anything ever. I don't need to move. <laughs> Get home, cover up with the blanket, yeah, and you're good. And then I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I could hibernate, uh-huh. that'd be awesome. It'd be great. Because I would. I'd just like, I'm going to sleep here for a few months. You guys come get me when it's not cold outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I wouldn't. If I, I would be happy if it was like this all the time, like the forties. That's like my perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's my perfect temperature zone for what it should be like outside. And then it can get colder at night or whatever, you know. But so growing up, my favorite clothes were jeans and a sweatshirt. I have not worn jeans and a sweatshirt in forever because it's so <laughs> hot down here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, you're used to it being a lot colder where you mm-hmm. came from originally. Yes, sounds nice. Farther north, mm-hmm. it was nice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like this kind of weather because it does remind me of home and it just mm-hmm. kind of energizes me a little bit more. So, anyway, well, I have the complete opposite reaction because I do not get energized at all. I'm just like. And shutting down. Do you get energized when it's hot out? Yeah, I do a lot more stuff when it's hot out. You're like, oh. This is fine. This is great. (laughs) And I'm like, I am so tired of sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, so you're writing a story. Yes, I am. I am not, just so y'all know. Yeah, I think you're the only one doing NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Is anybody else in the writer's group doing NaNoWriMo? Okay. My wife is... Is this the first time you've done it? It's the first time we've done it. Have you ever done it, Denise? Mm-mm. Okay. I've thought about it. Denise doesn't write. <laughs> you don't write, Denise? No. Do you only draw? Are you the I, illustrator? I paint. That's what I do. Ah, there you go. You facilitate so everybody October, else's writing? Oh, yeah. I make Chris, <laughs> I make Chris do his words. So in October, I do um, mm. Drawloween or Inktober which is I have oh. to draw something or paint something every day. I have an illustrator friend who's part of that. And so I do that every October. So what do you post those? On my Facebook page, on my Instagram. 
and then do you link somehow like hashtag it to something uh depends sometimes i do and sometimes i don't like if it's just for me like Mm -hmm. and my friends then okay but yeah this this last october i did halloween and then last year i did inktober okay i'll have to show you some of the things that a friend of mine did it's a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. I like the the prompts. Mm-hmm. You get a word, and then you have to draw, like whatever it is that it makes oh. you think. I enjoyed Draw Halloween. It was a Camille de Erico. She's a she's an artist, mm-hmm. and um, she did her own version, which is what you know, Draw Halloween was. Um, and I liked hers her prompts a lot more than I did Inktober's this year around. Oh. So I was looking through the Inktober ones, and I'm like, what? was not inspiring no there was was some that i was like okay i can i can work with this and others that i was just like no Mm -hmm. i'm not doing that yeah (laughs) some of them really aren't really good like the ones you did Mm -hmm. i mean you know your stuff is just good in general but (laughs) but some of them are like are are really cool really different and unique i've seen i think i saw most of them if not all of them yeah i posted every day yeah so yeah, they're pretty neat. But for people that don't write but prefer to art, mm-hmm. very, and it's like very, there's still something that you know, out there to yeah. do. But you get to do it in October. That's right. When when there's still more time before the holiday. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, what are you writing about? What is your topic? What is your genre? Oh, we really want you want, really want to talk about this, huh? <laughs> Sure, why not? Well, that. <laughs> my genre is always, my go-to genre usually is always fantasy. Fantasy. In okay. its various forms and iterations. Okay. Uh, the one that I'm writing is set in more of a, a, a time period of this world that's kind of like early firearms, you know, kind of post-Renaissance-y type so quite a while ago yeah i mean still mm-hmm. but not like not like it's not fuel. in this in this world right or is right it? it's not our world okay it's a fictional world but if you're going to compare it to a time period it'd be like the you know the late 1700s or early 1800s something like that so just as you're talking it's reminding me of of the book that we read was it for our online book club the one that pat suggested um red rising red rising i thought that was interesting because it was at first you kind of feel like you're being taken back in history mm-hmm. but then a lot of it is futuristic too yeah mm-hmm. i thought that was really kind of cool the way they did that mm-hmm. was that kind of the way you're going with it or are you just kind of staying more <coughs> no it's pretty straightforward okay as far as the time period goes okay it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even closely call it, you know, sci-fi in any of its, you know, its different variations. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is fantasy. It's a. Little, I don't know. It's a little more gritty. A little more grounded. <laughs> but because I don't have like wizards shooting fireballs and okay and dragons and nobody you know. has superpowers. Yeah, because I don't. I'm not into the everything is magic. Okay. Type setting that just kind of exhausts me, and because mm-hmm. if everything is magic, then nothing is nothing special. Yeah, yeah. So that way, when something really weird does happen, 
people actually have a reason to be like, oh my gosh, what, yeah, <laughs> what the heck is going on, right? You know, and not not like, oh yeah, we see that, you know, all the time. <laughs> it happened yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just recently was um, reading Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Just started it. Still in the preface of it. So, um, but I'm I've read the book about Mary Shelley's life, the author Mm -hmm. of Frankenstein. And it was very enlightening as far as the time period that she was living Mm -hmm. in and kind of her circumstances and all that. And thinking about that and reading what she has read, I mean, what she has written, it's like, how did she come up with this? I mean, I know they were sitting around talking about ghost stories Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing all this stuff, but it's still weird. Yeah. It's amazing that, and so that's kind of what I'm thinking. You're writing. How do you start your story? Do you start in the middle? Mm-hmm. Do you start kind of, okay, this is my general, this is what I want to happen, and then you kind of build up to it? Where do you start? Middle is always a good place to start. Like, you know, you already know some things that have happened, and you have some things that you want to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you know, a new thing that, to recommend starting in the middle somewhere. Okay. But how do you how do you start? Like how do you start that first sentence and that first paragraph and stuff? Yeah. I don't know. You just have to start. You just. Yeah. That's what I had to do. You just have to go. Yeah. yeah. And just let it, because sometimes you write a good a good beginning right from the start, and sometimes you have to go back and and redo a bunch of it. But mm-hmm. you, but until you start, you won't get anywhere. So well, that's, that's kind of how I looked at it this time. Because okay, I think that there's some things that I would definitely change. But I had to get it moving somewhere. So, mm-hmm. well, and and one of the things that I'm constantly reminding Chris about NaNoWriMo is that this, by no means, is a finished piece. Like this is your first draft. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, you just starting out. You're gonna have to change things. Things are gonna have to be reworked. Oh yeah, editing is gonna have to happen. It's gonna need a lot of polishing. But it by no means has to be right now. Yes, like you just have to finish your first draft. And then after that, you can go back and start. But aren't there prizes? Uh, there is. There some kind of- yeah, there's some things. I don't know what all the prizes and stuff okay. are. But I know if you finish, then you get entered for, you get entered for something. that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't okay. know. That's not why I'm doing it. So, <laughs> Do you have to post periodically or do any of that stuff? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that you have to upload your... Your manuscript at the end mm-hmm. or something like that so they have proof of work okay but um up until that point you you're just update your word count yeah you're so just you can your word count. keep track of where you're at okay and how how long it'll take to finish what's okay. not neat about their website where they can where you can update your word count mm-hmm. is it tells you like what your average words per day are based okay. on what your total is mm-hmm. and it tells you what your projected finishing time is if you continue at that pace so yesterday i uploaded you know mm-hmm. updated my word count and it said that at this pace i'll be done by december 2nd okay Ooh. getting closer so yeah because when we first started both of us it, got, it said like december 15th and every time we get a, we make a little more progress and now we're, we're down to december 2nd so how is your wife doing with her progress good she's about the same number of words as you are mm-hmm. right now. okay 
Yeah, she's been a little ahead of me. I gotta say, that's gotta be very helpful to both want quiet time to write to, at the same yeah. time. <laughs> well, honestly, I, like it helps to to be in the same room together doing it. Really? Yeah, I found that when I'm home by myself and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have all this free time and I go and write, and I don't feel nearly as motivated as when mm-hmm. we're both working on it together. Okay. She might not always believe me because usually I'm over there with my headphones in, <laughs> listening to to something really awful. Uh-huh. But uh, but it really helps. It Just, all it all helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, are you going to share your work with anybody? Do we get to read it? Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> okay. Before it's done, I mean, like. Your first draft. Your first draft. Yeah, once done. I get the draft done, then I'll start doing more sharing mm-hmm. and, you know, okay. receiving critique and things like that. Since we do participate in the writer's group, I'll probably oh, yeah. utilize that as a resource. Yeah, that's what it's there for. And cool. start the polishing process in December. That's assuming I'm actually finished with it. Mm-hmm. Like, finished, finished. I mean... I'll get the 50,000 words, but that doesn't mean your book has to be be. finished. Right. You just have to be at least that far along. Because a novel, for it to be a novel, has to be at least 50,000 words. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're not limited, but... Right. But that's what you got to get. That's interesting that that's the way they gauge that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is weird. There's like specific word counts for... Um, all kinds of publications, like mm-hmm. like children's books, is a, a very specific word count. It can't mm-hmm. be more than. Well, then I knew like picture books have a special um, number of pages mm-hmm. that you have to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, huh. all the different classifications based on word counts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked to somebody that that writes children's books who said that. They're going to have to cut their word count because... It's too long. Too long, which is kind of a bummer. It is. But, you know, it's really interesting because I'll go in and choose books for reading at story time. Mm-hmm. And you open it up, it's like, too long. Yeah. We don't have time for this. And they don't have the attention span for right. it. Right. So they're really, even though they're picture books, they're geared more for mm-hmm. older kids that mm-hmm. have the attention span. Mm-hmm. So... Well, that's all about knowing who your audience is. Yeah. You can't write a long children's book and then expect children to read it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or want to, want it to be read to them. Who you're writing for <laughs> yeah. is a big, yeah, something Definitely. to consider. Which I thought was really interesting that the book that you were showing the the young people yesterday, the first graders for the tour. The first book. The other one, the baby monkey. Oh, Detective, yeah. private eye or Private whatever. eye, baby monkey. Because you look at it and it's, you know, it looks like it's... It's giant. It's giant, but there's only, you know, there's pictures on most of the pages and the <laughs> ones with words are just a few pages. It's so or funny. Or words or whatever. Because it does look like a chapter mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And I have gone over and found it in the new section with the chapter books. Mm-hmm. It's like, even though the spine label says, says it's e. an E. Yep. <laughs> and I'll put it back where it's supposed to go and I'll find it back somewhere else. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. Y'all obviously don't open the book and actually yeah. look at it. but 
But yeah, it's fun to see that because then the little kids are like, oh, a chapter book. Mm-hmm. You know, they're excited <laughs> about that. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, I'm going to ask you this, Dawn, because this is the. I ask everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> I ask everybody this, and all the people I've asked to this day have not ever seen this movie. Have you ever seen High Plains Drifter with Clint Eastwood? <gasps> Tell me what it's about. I'm, I'm thinking no, but I've seen a lot of Clint Eastwood movies. Sounds so, like a Western. Yeah, it's a yeah. Western, and he rides into town. And the first thing he does is like commit a couple murders. You know, he kills kills some people and uh-huh. kind of just settles in, and everybody freaks out, like they don't know what's going on or why he's doing all this. Mm-hmm. He always has a reason. And then it turns out that you know he did, ha- yeah, he had a reason. Mm-hmm. And there's like maybe some revenge involved. And by the end of the movie, you find out that he may or may not have been a ghost of someone who was killed. In the town. Well, that's kind of the open oh. question at the end there. It's like, is he a ghost? Yeah. I don't think like, I've maybe? seen maybe he's that. a ghost. <laughs> what is up? That sounds like a great movie because it has Clint Eastwood. And he could be dead. Who knows? Right. I mean, yeah. Well, then that doesn't really help. I'm sorry. Because everybody that I, I try to describe my book to... I say, have you ever seen High Plains Drifter? And they're like, no. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like that. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> except, watch it. Except <laughs> it's set in Northern Europe and not and not in the American West. Okay. <laughs> but you know, thinking about Clint Eastwood, that kind of gives you a good, yeah, you know, base for what it could be like. Because it's about and a stranger who walk who comes into town who nobody and recognizes <laughs> and starts yeah starts really causing some chaos and doing some terrible things so uh-huh. we just need to watch high plains drifter high plains drifter okay we need to do that yeah i think that y'all yeah yeah because i'm thinking about clint eastwood movies but there's no ghost in it he's not like a ghost at the end <laughs> so right. well he doesn't like walk through walls or anything like right that. like at the yeah. end you're just like was he alive was he not like, he came to get revenge, but is his, his ghost getting revenge? So, I don't know. Right. We should watch this, maybe, and then come back and have an in-depth conversation about it. Right? I think we should. And then you can read my book, and you can talk about the ways that <laughs> yes, it's similar. similar. Yeah. And the ways I like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is too similar. You're going to get sued. It's too derivative. <laughs> this work is far too derivative. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I I recommend it if you are inclined to that sort of thing. You're a writer. If you're a writer, you're a storyteller. Um, this is where you really find out what it's like to mm-hmm. have to do the work. Where the rubber meets the road. Because it is it is tiresome to make to make sure you're meeting that word count. And we stay up till at least twelve o'clock every night working on it and dinners oh. dinners are usually just whatever we have lying around uh-huh um the first week we had some meal prep done which helped but we haven't really had that this week so it's been like pork, yeah, pork rinds and wheat duro wheels because <laughs> we don't have time for that no <laughs> it's all right i was eating a bowl of cereal the other day and my sister called she felt sorry for me <laughs> i'm like <laughs> 
that's really okay. I really don't care at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll eat my raisin bran. I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. In a, in a roundabout way, it kind of relates to some of the stuff that I've, <laughs> I've written lately. <laughs> Interesting. Because um, I, you know, because a, a lot of the terms that I came across as I was researching, um, you know, hunger and the relief of of hunger, the the terminology they use is uh, food insecurity. Yes. So that's like the inability to get, you know, food that is nutritious for a active and healthy life. In a legal way, or socially acceptable way. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that was very, I guess, enlightening to me, because when I think about somebody being uh, hungry, I feel like it's somebody who's homeless, and they just, they don't have a job, they don't have a place to live. I mean, you just think of those kinds of people. And I don't think that's really the case. Mm-mm. They mm-hmm. talked a lot about a living wage, and these people just don't have enough money. They don't make enough money mm-hmm. to buy groceries and to pay for the things that they need to just survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really sad. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. You go and you work your 40 hours a week, yeah. and you still cannot make ends meet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you supposed to do? Right. And I think that it's not... Um, Sometimes we think it's just what you would call poor people, I guess, and the poor part of town, but it's not, that's not even the case. I mean, it could be your, uh, your neighbor or your Mm -hmm. soccer coach or, you know, somebody. Someone that you think, well, they must be making a good living, but how much do they owe on their house? How much do do they owe on their car? Mm -hmm. You know? um, Yeah. What's their utility bill looking like? And especially being out here, if you are away from town, mm-hmm. you it's hard for you to have a vehicle to get to the services that you might need even. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and one of the things that is em- emphasized is not just the availability of, or, you know, a- able to get food, but food that is actually nu- nutritionally, you know. Right. Because you can go to Dollar Tree, spend $30 and bring home a bunch of food, but is that... It's not going <laughs> to yeah. be good. Is right. that going to and so, do you any good? Probably so they not. said that that is actually, you know, one of the contributing factors to, like, you know, diabetes and obesity mm-hmm. and heart disease is because people, you know, they might get food and they might feel okay for a little bit, but it's not, it's something that's going to have long-term health effects mm-hmm. because they're not able to get what they really need. Right, which plays into so many other things. I mean... The kids can't focus at school, mm-hmm. so they're not going to learn. So they're not going to end up being a productive person in society and getting a high-paying job when they get older mm-hmm. um, because of those deficiencies. Uh, not to mention the fact that it's a drain on the healthcare system uh, because if they get those diseases, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just a huge problem. Well, it's a, just an ongoing cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unless you can somehow break free from that cycle. You're just going to keep going around in circles. Yes. So, and it it makes me think about the community garden Mm -hmm. and how um, this last year we we started the community garden and it was really easy. 
you know, we had we planted almost everything from seeds and we got quite a bit of produce from that. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be a good way to supplement your food purchases mm-hmm. if you can grow it. And it's not as hard as you think. And you can can it and preserve it, freeze it and do other mm-hmm. things to it, but I mean even on a daily basis while it's growing, you know, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, you lose some nutrition too if you freeze it or can it. Yes. Not like a significant amount, but yeah, some. Well, and they say that at the store, if you buy your food um frozen, it actually has more nutrition potentially mm. than the fresh because it it the fresh maybe have sat there for a long time oh. once it's picked and it travels on the track yeah okay. and the the produce that is frozen is flash frozen so it's like done within 24 hours oh okay and so a lot of times it does have more nutrition and you can get frozen foods mm-hmm. at a decent price mm-hmm. so i think that's something that people should look at as an alternative i mm-hmm. guess mhm I did a quick search <coughs> on living wage versus poverty level. Um, poverty level in the U.S. is $24,600. <coughs> and that's for a family of four, which is $11.83 an hour mm-hmm. for a full-time person. I mean, that's way over minimum wage. And they're still not making. Right. I mean, they're, they're still under the poverty level. Right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so just so y'all know, minimum wage is seven twenty mm-hmm. an hour. Yep. I also did a little research into some different resources and statistics and stuff. And there's one, uh, healthyntexas.org. So that's, uh, for, it mean, stands for Healthy North Texas or whatever. I don't know, they just put the N in there. Okay. Anyway, healthyntexas.org. And you can go and look at the county, like look at it county by county, like Dallas, Denton-wise, it's all in there. Oh. And you can see what the percentage of food insecurity is in different communities. So what was it for Wise? Did you write that down? Uh, you know, the numbers were were funny. Okay. Like, I think that you'd have to be trained in that. <laughs> <laughs> to know what you were To know what that meant in mm-hmm. practic- you know, practically. I know that Wise County was better than, you know, some of the ones like Dallas. It was in, like, the higher percentile of, of you know, doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like there was a percentage, and the percentage had to do with being in like which higher the you're the lower fifty percent or higher fifty percent, depending on where that's at. That you know, it's just anyway. Yeah. I, 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 if I could make sense of it, I would have written it down and explained it. <laughs> you're just like I don't know what these numbers. I just mean. know that it, it, but it, 
did show it like had a you know progression where it would track because I think they you know they do it like every so often. So the last numbers they had were from 2016, and it it goes like through the years and it shows the progression of like whether it went up or down or it was is an interesting website um, for for folks that know how to use <laughs> that kind of information. Yeah. Well. You, yeah, it's hard to say whether or not you can add to this or not, but based on uh, some information I got from the school district, and this is online, um, I think you can get this information on their website for Decatur ISD. It says that 47.1% of the children in the district are economically disadvantaged. Wow. Hmm. Which is a really high, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a high percentage. Um, and that 45.2% are at risk. So at risk of food insecurity mm-hmm. or of failing. So it's, I mean, it's a real and present <clears throat> issue. It is. So, which I guess that's just something that's really, you know, you think about feeding the kids. They get their their lunch and breakfast at school Mm -hmm. but then what do they do at night and what do they do on the weekend that's a big chunk of their Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. and to think about not eating from lunch on friday until breakfast on monday right i would be hungry yeah how would you do well in your yeah you would be able to sleep your homework yeah well i don't know what if we use any of these resources here, but I know one of the uh, the resources available in Texas is through Baylor University. It's the Texas Hunger Initiative, mm-hmm. and they have field offices all over Texas. I think the closest one to us is Dallas, but uh, that's one of their, um, you know, one of the things that they're trying to. Th- that's the the kind of folks they're trying to serve is like, you know, the school lunch program, the school mm-hmm. breakfast program to make sure that. That those young people are, are getting what they need, so that they can you know be successful and and live an active life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting you say that because that's the conference I went to. Oh, okay. Um, was the Texas Hunger Initiative, okay. and they brought in a lot of people from different organizations who are serving kids in this capacity, and one of the things that seemed to be a prevalent connection between all of them is they're not just um, trying to to uh, treat the symptoms and just providing meals. They're trying to uh, build relationships and serve the whole family and the whole need. So initially they'll provide food and then they get to a point where, uh, you know, they try to provide jobs mm-hmm. and work with them on, um, you know, kind of keeping those jobs and and building up into a a situation where they don't need assistance anymore. Teaching them skills. Yeah. And one of the, one of the situations that um, was talked about was a family who came in and this lady wanted to um, provide for, you know, help their family and they got her a job and she quit. And so they came back, she came back, and they got her another job, and she quit that job. So instead of just kind of pushing her aside and say, oh, you don't want to work, they really started talking to her and said, well, why did you quit? 
Well, her big issue was having quality childcare for her kids and being able to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So they worked with her in um, providing or finding somebody who was quality and helping supplement that. They would pay for one month. She would pay for the next kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got her another job, and she's had it for over two years because, you know, they worked and took that right. extra step to find out what her need was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but, yeah, I think that a lot of times folks are too quick to to just, you know, see what ha- is happening, what's going on, what somebody the choices someone makes and just assume like, well, they're just making bad choices because they're right. It's so it's so easy to judge somebody. Just be like, why'd you quit that job? It was a good job. Mm -hmm. Yes. And without ever asking why, like really wanting to know, like, is there a reason why you had to do this or understanding what their motivation was? Exactly. And I think that, you know, and that goes back to, you know, building the relationship with people Mm -hmm. in situations like this and really truly, you know, trying to help them. Uh, Yeah. Well, and especially when it comes to childcare, you don't want to tell somebody, I can't take care of my kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that leads you down a whole separate mess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and families have so much to deal with Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, childcare you know, some kids may be in school and then you just need after school care and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. What about transportation to your job? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live out here and there's a no lot of people. transportation at all. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. take a bus somewhere. Yeah. And you have to commute because mm-hmm. there's not a lot hey, of jobs call here Uber. in mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, I know every community is a little bit different, and if people are, you know, downtown, it's different. Mm -hmm. But still, I know a lot of people, well, I've heard recently that a lot of people in downtown Dallas um, are commuting out of the city to work. Mm. So they live down there, but the traffic is backed up going out, which normally it was backed up going in. Yeah. Um, So that's just, I think, a different trend i guess that we're seeing yeah people going out of the city because in the suburbs that's where a lot of the bigger companies are Mm -hmm. you know so Hmm. so that was the conference you went to the texas hunger initiative i knew it was something yeah i knew that was in my head for a reason i was like yeah i was like i'm gonna look this up texas hunger initiative i know that's a thing (laughs) and sure enough it was so i think we just went right into talking about this without explaining what we were right. going to talk about. <laughs> we were talking about Chris's novel, and then we're like, oh, and so... <laughs> talk about well, November is, it is it is National Novel Writing Month, but it's also a time when when some people have a lot of food, and and some people are very aware of not, not having, having yeah. which is, you know, it's sad, and that's why we're talking about this now. Well, it is very... It, it's a very big time for people to... Um, start thinking about helping others and mm-hmm. donating food for the holidays and trying to help people um, during the, the holiday time. Uh, but it's interesting. One of the comments that I had heard recently was, you know, people are hungry in July too. Right. Yeah. You know, so right. we're yeah, not thinking one of about the, it. I, I think it was like one of the volunteer commercials mm-hmm. um, for Volunteers of America. And they showed a soup kitchen 
during Thanksgiving and holiday, like you've got all these volunteers and all these people like serving food and you've got all these homeless people eating. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like after the holidays, well, the people are still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just nobody helping out. Yes. And if you're going to, if you're going to help, help. Right. Yes. <laughs> Not just like, oh, well, this is, this is the it's month that time of the year. Yeah. And, and they actually, you know, I've read things where they recognize that. Mm-hmm. They don't even necessarily think that you're genuine mm-hmm. in your assistance because you're just there during that time. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, uh, think about volunteering and donating after the holidays. Right. Mm-hmm. Not just November and December, but yeah. all, all the other months as well. Yes. And not just for, I say this, but, you know, not just for people, but pets, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the humane societies, they need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. donations as well. But that's a side note. <laughs> just thinking about those animals. So one thing that um, that was interesting about this hunger initiative thing, and it, it was held at Baylor in Waco, and they actually do a farmer's market. I don't know how often it was, but there was a poster out there that said it was on this one Thursday, and it was like from between 11 and 1 or something mm-hmm. like that, and it was free produce. So if you were a student on campus, I think that's the only thing you had to show was your ID. Your ID. And then they said bring a bag to mm-hmm. carry your stuff in, and you could go and get free produce. So it's interesting to think about a place like Baylor mm-hmm. with students that have food insecurities mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Because, well, you know. I'm sure tuition at Baylor is a very nice chunk of change. Well, that's, yes. that's kind of always the running joke is that, you know, you go to school and go into your dorm and then all you eat is ramen noodles and SpaghettiOs. <laughs> And that's any any campus, really. Yeah. They talk about college students doing that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so no, that that doesn't actually that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. <laughs> having, having been you know a student before and mm-hmm. yeah and stuff. Right. You know, not not that I've ever been in any situation where that was really dire. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm sure we've all been through times where where it was a little you know, a little tighter mm-hmm. that, you know, we've been through times where I think where it was scarce. And like when I first moved out, you know, and was living by myself, mm-hmm. like I, I was not in the best place to like balance everything. And so that was one of the things that like, I had to be really uh, conscientious about is like, you know, how much I spent on food and mm-hmm. what I was going to buy Mm-hmm. And I remember like going grocery shopping and just buying enough for like, you know, whatever a couple weeks or whatever I could you know get by. Mm-hmm. And I got oh, these really nice, yeah, I got these really nice like whole grain like wraps or whatever uh-huh. that I was gonna eat. And and like I went to pick them up after eating, and I hadn't sealed the bag, and they all just went all over the floor. <laughs> oh, and no! I was so upset because I was like, I don't have money to buy anymore. <laughs> Yes, pick them up and eat them. Yeah, I know. that's what I should have done. But I was <laughs> a quick, right. quick wipe off. That's okay. right. Yeah, that's five second rule. Looking back, that's probably what I should have done, and then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. 
but but you know that was that was kind of my experience with knowing what that that feels like to, mm-hmm. to know what it is to have you know scarcity and yeah and not knowing wh- whether you're going to have enough or not so i remember going through the drive-through at taco bell because i was going to school at um community college um and counting my change, hoping that I had enough for a taco or something, you know? It's like, in the, you know, they used to be less than a dollar. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can I get a drink with this, too? Hey, you can still get two tacos for 99 cents at Jack in the Box. Oh! After all these years. I don't go to Jack in the Box, though. No. Well. It means so. something. It means that either either they've been... They've been uh, overselling or underselling their tacos all this time or their tacos are immune to inflation yeah (laughs) they're just some things you don't change right (laughs) i think this goes back to um how some things that you can't afford are just not good for you Uh (laughs) yeah you probably should not live off of check in the box tacos that's probably true That yes, that's very true. <laughs> I mean, ninety-nine cent tacos, not yeah. just one, but two of them. I mean, you know, they can't I mean, possibly have the most highest quality ingredients. <laughs> but nutrition. they probably have lettuce and cheese on them. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm sure it's not high quality in either direction there, but <laughs> well, and you know, it it's common knowledge that. Fast food is not great for you anyway, whether it's fried or it's Mm -hmm. um, high in sodium or Mm -hmm. if you think it's healthy in one respect, then it's unhealthy in another respect, Mm -hmm. you know, so anyway, yeah, which is another thing too. I think, um, I think if we can encourage people to cook at home, uh, it's more nutritious Mm -hmm. and It'll probably go farther. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more cost effective as well. Yeah. I mean, even if you go the Jack in the Box route, and you need two tacos mm-hmm. for 99 cents, but you're still going to have to buy quite a few tacos to feel the, like for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And you're going to eat your two tacos and then that's it. You take that money and buy some ingredients and that. Yeah, have leftovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And there's ways that you can stretch mm-hmm. stretch it by adding beans, or mm-hmm. you know, I know that that seems silly, but I mean, I don't want to say silly, but uh, antiquated, maybe. Yeah, is the word. It seems like a long time ago. Eat beans, everybody. <laughs> ate beans. Everybody <laughs> ate beans. <laughs> beans are good, and they're good for you. Yes, exactly. Um. So I think it's good to, you know, you need that stuff. It's nutritious for you mm-hmm. anyway. So, yeah. all right. Did you have any other information from the Texas Hunger Initiative? Well, you know, there's a lot of, of, of companies out there who are supporting um, this initiative. And it's uh, somebody spoke from John Deere and how they are supporting communities with their farming. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought, I mean, that was really neat to think of it in that form, you know, the agricultural mm-hmm. p- part of it. And some of the things that they were doing. Um, 
PepsiCo was there and and spoke about you know things that they're doing as well in the communities. Uh, I can't remember what he talked about <laughs> as much as I did the John Deere guy, which still wasn't a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it was just uh, it was very enlightening to me. You know, just the different um, situations um, and how everybody was helping. And there's a lot of places here, even in Wise County, that want to help. Mm -hmm. And um, we are actually looking into being a site for summer meals um, and potentially after school and weekends. Mm -hmm. But we're looking for a sponsor. Uh, so that 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 is you know they take care of that aspect of it and then we provide the site <clears throat> the site um, so I think that's helping to instigate and help us make connections mm-hmm. and and all that and so if you're listening to this and you are interested in helping with something like that definitely contact the library because mm-hmm. we're very interested in in helping the kids with <clears throat> We have our summer reading program, mm-hmm. so we have a lot of kids here anyway, uh, and just reaching those those kiddos who need the help mm-hmm. in in the fact that if they have a full belly, they'll be more interested in in reading mm-hmm. and doing those things to help them with their education. <coughs> and of course, other places to help. I mean, if, if you're listening to this, you probably close to wise county anyway but warm is always a good resource mm-hmm. uh, yes they're the pretty much the go-to local food pantry for for helping people uh there's several other ones and i did find an interesting website called foodpantries.org mm-hmm. and wherever you are um you can go there and search by your address and it'll actually pull up all the the food pantries that help people in need and like how far away they are and where they're located and stuff. So I thought that was a cool resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, and there's also a mobile food ca- pantry that comes to Decatur once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that they are doing it over at the in the parking lot of the Methodist Church oh. near downtown. Um, so you can go there. It's like eight or nine in the morning, and I think it's the first Saturday of the month either the first or the last so you know definitely <laughs> check your information before um before going but it also travels i believe to different cities in the county oh, so yeah. maybe bridgeport and um i'm not sure where else it goes <clears throat> so if you're you know in an outlying town you might have a there may be a location that's closer to you we're always looking for volunteers to help with the community garden mm-hmm. yes and we have our next session starting in January. So um, we are looking for, it is open to everybody. But definitely if you are uh, low income and you're wanting to learn about, you know, growing your own food, definitely. it's a. Do you have anybody that speaks Spanish? I do actually have somebody who is going to be helping out that can speak Spanish this time. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it'll it'll be a great, great help. 
and we have tons of seeds. Usually there's, you know, we can gather enough stuff for giveaways that you get to take things home. And mm-hmm. uh, the group this last time got to take home a, uh, a container and the dirt and the co- uh, compost to go in, uh, in it so that they could start vegetables um, in, in the bin, if not, you know, on, in the ground at their house. Mm-hmm. You don't need a lot of space to mm-hmm. grow stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know that you kind of kept a track of what all was harvested over the course of having the garden. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of quantifiable numbers, like how many pounds of food or how many vegetables you were able to harvest? We're probably getting close to 15 to 20 pounds of food. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It really, and and this was just, okay, let's do a few of these, a few of that, mm-hmm. you know. So, um I think if you decided, okay, let's just plant zucchini and tomatoes, mm-hmm. and you plant two or three plants of each, you know, depending on how big your family is, that could be sufficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a lot of people uh, recommend the container gardening because it's easier. You can move it. You mm-hmm. don't get the weeds Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to maintain. The one problem with it is it does dry out a little faster. Yeah. So if it's a raised bed or a container, you just have to make sure you're watering, which this fall has not been an issue. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but miraculously, right. For, yep. But a, a container garden is easier to cover if it freezes mm-hmm. or move into a covered area so that it, you can extend the growing season a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have a little so, more control over. Yes, over how it, what happens and where it goes and what you know exactly. You did herbs too, right? Like kind of sprinkled in there. <clears throat> yeah, we did basil and rosemary. Mm, cool. Which the rosemary is something that is all year. I mean, it mm-hmm. you don't have to replant it, mm-hmm. and it kind of grows into a bush. So yeah, that's back there. Um, we use that in some of the dishes that I prepared as samples for the, the group um, and the basil as well. Some people made a basil uh, salad with the leaves. Um, that sounds really good, actually. It does, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah. So, you know, and there was lettuce and kale and, you know, so you could have a small salad mm-hmm. and, you know, you chop up some fresh zucchini and you don't even have to cook it. Just yeah. eat it that way. One one thing that I thought was really interesting is down in Waco, they have a, uh, they call it Mission Waco. And it's it's been like, I guess, this 40-year project, you know, so it's not something that has happened overnight. But they now have a grocery store in um, what they call a food desert. So there were no locations for people to get food in, wow. hmm. in this area. So they were able to buy a small... Um, I guess it used to be a convenience store or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, that was centrally located in that that area, and they started bringing in produce and listening to the members of the community. And they wanted um, jalapenos, and they wanted oxtail, and they wanted things that were a little bit different, more culturally mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. specific. Mm-hmm. And so they got that kind of stuff, and you know. For the people to 
in that community to be the only ones using that store, um, it couldn't sustain itself. Mm -hmm. So they really needed the rest of the community to come once or twice a month to buy things from that store that were great prices. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been something that's been a a big deal uh, down there. And then they also... I don't know if they've really started a community garden, but they they were talking about composting. I thought this was fascinating because they got a grant uh, that helped them buy something that they could compost Mm -hmm. in 24 hours. Because usually it takes about three months for the food and everything. Yeah, I don't know what this this device (laughs) is, but it's like, I want that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that would be huge for a lot of different reasons, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, what else did they do? I don't know. They've just really revitalized that area. Oh, they have a cafe now. And I, the, um, one of the ladies I was with, she's like, oh yeah, I need to go down there. And they have another kind of a store that you can go to and, um, you know, the proceeds help that community Mm -hmm. go back to the mission. So it's really kind of exciting to see something so big. Mm Mm-hmm. It would be nice to do something, you know, in our community, but it would take a long time. Yeah. You well, know? yeah, you said this took like about 40 years. Yes. It's been an ongoing 40-year project. Yeah. And it, it's, oh, they have a theater. They have a community theater. They, mm-hmm. um, I mean, this was like a really bad neighborhood mm-hmm. where, um, you know, prostitution was going on and drugs and all kinds of stuff in this neighborhood and uh there was this theater that that's basically what it was used for and the there was a pastor that went down and was going to talk to them and you know see if they could buy it and how much Mm -hmm. the guy gave it to to them because it was just it was just over the top, mm-hmm. not going where it needed to go and all that. And so they gave it to him. And now they do productions uh, for the homeless and, you know, for the really the whole community. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really big deal. So they've mm. hired um, somebody who used to use their services, who they had helped to go to school. He came back to the community and uh, he directs the place. So it's really kind of cool to see yeah. the cycle um, and breaking the cycle of poverty. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. You can't just treat the symptoms and mm-hmm. think right. it'll mm-hmm. go away. Um, but that's where we are, too, mm-hmm. is we have to treat the symptoms because we're not over that. You know, right. of course, the library provides so many services and can help with a lot of yes things. Yes, we can definitely help with a lot of um, learning new skills through our databases. You can learn just about anything, really. And I think we've touched a little bit on this before. Like, if I really sat down and looked through all of our databases, I could probably make craft beer. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Like, once you've uh, once you've like met all the other. Nutritional needs, then, then you can you can use your excess to make your exactly. own <laughs> right. But I mean, it's like something that I w- would not ever think about doing. Mm-hmm. But it's right there at my yeah. fingertips for free. Mm-hmm. So right. <laughs> why not? Yeah, and that's just an example. I mean, mm-hmm. you can come in and find something. I, I mean, learned to actually. 
plant things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, whatever your interest is, it, your, your interest is. Learn to fix a small motor <laughs> or a yeah. big motor. <laughs> and the the service, I mean, the computer use is free. Mm-hmm. So if you learn how to fix a small, small motor, now you can apply for a job somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't charge for the computer use, Mm-mm. so. And I think one thing I'm learning is culturally mm-hmm. that people think the library costs money. Yes. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. In, in different countries, it costs money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even members of our community want to help. Like, how do you put these programs on? I mean, do I have to pay anything? And it's like, no, we can't take your money, actually. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) If you want to donate, you can donate to the Library Foundation. Mm -hmm. And they they help support us with our programming and all that. But the library itself can't can't do that. Let's talk about tea. (laughs) Tea. (laughs) There's health benefits in tea, right? Yes. And I think all kinds of tea. Black tea, green tea, white tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all have their own red tea benefits. Let, let me just say, I was very disappointed last night. I've just recently started drinking tea. And I get these flavored teas, or, you know, like this one is for throat comfort, but uh-huh. I, there's another one that's for energy. And <coughs> But I mix them with black tea. So I brew it with a black tea bag and whatever it is. Uh-huh. So I'm running low on my black tea. So I was at the grocery store and I thought, okay, I'm going to get some tea. Everything is gallon size tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a gallon size tea bag. <laughs> I'm not making iced tea. <laughs> you couldn't, didn't want to get like some Earl Grey or something like no. that? Earl Grey's got a very distinct taste. And I haven't tried Earl Grey actually. Like that's just that seems like a odd choice to add your positive energy. (laughs) Y'all know a lot more about tea than me because I don't. I don't really drink a lot of. uh, There's only a couple different teas that I drink, and I definitely don't drink Earl Grey. I was just like, (laughs) shots fired. No, it's just (laughs) right. It's just you know, it was just like I thought. You know, black tea was just black tea, and let me tell you a story. (laughs) My dad. Started drinking tea because he couldn't drink coffee anymore. Um, so he sends us to the store to get orange pico tea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I go to the store, orange pico, orange pico. I'm looking all over the shelf and I see something and I grab it, go home. He said, No, this is not it. Back to the store, return it. And I'm like looking for orange pico tea. No, I can't find it. I don't know how many. I think I went to the store three times and brought something <laughs> home. And my dad just laughed. Because it's just regular Lipton black tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I will never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a great laugh. <laughs> so, anyway. My mom couldn't find tea back home in the summer back in Montana, because they said it was seasonal. At Costco, it was seasonal. Like, hot tea? 
So like I think little boxes she, of tea. Yeah, like the tea bags. She okay. couldn't find the tea bags. Yeah. Because it's seasonal. It's seasonal. In Montana, it is. Yes. There's times of the year where you just don't drink tea. Yeah. Unless it's iced tea. And so there's the gallon bags. Right. <laughs> right. Which now it's starting to get cold. You'd think they would have the smaller bags. Yes. All the hot teas. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go to a different store. Yeah. <laughs> See if I can find some black tea bags. So the, the I'll just say, it, it should the listeners care, should we wish to leave this part in here? <laughs> the, the roundabout way that all this discussion about food and stuff links back to my thing I'm working on. Oh, right. Is yeah. because, turns out there's like a big agricultural part of this story. <laughs> <laughs> where where these people are moving into these northern lands because their their harvests are so abundant every year like every, every single year and so this guy that's like a big you know big farmer you know mm-hmm. like a tycoon or whatever he like pretty much produces the most food in the whole nation and he's like you know his friend is like hey come check this out we're gonna go and take this land and we're gonna reap its benefits and stuff uh-huh and and then i wrote this whole this whole segment about how like how you know wars aren't won by by train by soldiers and equipment wars are won by who has the most food and <laughs> i was like i was like i i didn't even you know <laughs> it just fell in there it just yeah of course it was probably like already like eleven thirty or getting close to 12 <laughs> or later than that and i was probably like getting to be half asleep when i wrote this i need 500 words <laughs> he's probably hungry but this is kind of how it came out which i, I mean food let's grow it my story yeah <laughs> but i mean that is you know it's it's true mm-hmm. um i as i was researching you know famine which is definitely you know food insecurity one of yeah. the main causes of famine throughout history has been war because mm-hmm. it's because all the men are off fighting and not you know, growing food and working on things that pe- that people actually need, mm-hmm. and then you have to feed all those guys that are out there just, you know, standing army or fighting or whatever it is they're doing, and it just creates this imbalance that creates a shortage of everything. Because ladies weren't allowed to grow food. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about. That's, a, that's <laughs> another like, discussion. Because it's like, dang it. <laughs> that's another discussion. But uh, not to say that there weren't, you know. There weren't ladies out there too, because I know that there was. There's a long history of mm-hmm. of women roles in the in the military. So, anyway, all that to say, that's not the <laughs> that's not the point I'm trying to make. You have a large portion of of the you know the population that uh-huh. is not working on anything except being like a standing army or aiding mm-hmm. the standing army or whatever the case may be, and that creates famine. And so, and that and oh, economic policy. It's yeah. not about, like, we can't make enough food or there's not enough food for everybody. It's about the way it's handled. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. But that's that's the element I've introduced in, <laughs> into <laughs> my <novel>. story. <laughs> yes. So let's see if you can solve this problem in your story, and then maybe I'll be the solution <laughs> in real life. Probably not, because the reason that there's an abundant harvest is because there's... Is there human sacrifices? <laughs> Not yet. No, I asked. I actually asked my my wife about that. I was like, 
was gonna say spoiler alert. Because these 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 you know these people they they have a, a practice of druidism, and they you know commune with the earth and and they're they're it's you know vibrant and that's why they're so successful and they're they're growing and stuff. And I was you know I know that in in some cultures in, in druidic practice there was human sacrifice from time to time for whatever reason. Uh-huh. And I asked my wife, I was like. It's like, you know, I've been thinking about this. I'm just not sure I really want to go there <laughs> in this story. Should I add human sacrifice? And she just kind of looked at me like, <laughs> you, you, you can't see this face, viewers, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, of course, you want to add human sacrifice yeah, to your story. Yeah, and I definitely need to throw a wicker man in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What's a wicker man? <laughs> You know, sometimes I just like, why do I even ask? Okay. <laughs> but I did. What is it? <laughs> so you need to watch the Nicolas Cage movie. No, you need to watch the original movie. No, you need well, to watch the Nicolas Cage. You need Cage. to watch them both. <laughs> but watch the original first. Uh, no. Which movie? The Wicker Man. It's called The Wicker Man. Okay. It's too, it's too late for you because you've only seen the Nicolas uh, Cage Yes, one. and I have no interest in seeing the original one. You need one. to watch the original <laughs> one first because it's actually supposed to be like a serious, scary movie. Oh, okay. It's a funny, it's a funny scary movie. It's, like uh-huh. it's got some really dark humor. <laughs> but When was it uh, produced? Or the original? It was, was it? like in the 70s, yeah. I think. Okay. And it was based on uh, the book... Was the book called The Ritual? Yeah, I think it was called like the, ritual. the Ritual. Yeah, and I, you know, looking at the research about Wicker Wicker Man's mm-hmm. or Wicker Men or however Wicker you want to say that, <laughs> it <laughs> like my, what I've read is it may or may not have been an actual thing. Like, because I know that the Romans had records of it, and they think that that they might have just been made up, like uh-huh. somebody who went to the, you know. To, to investigate the Germanic peoples and stuff, just kind of like made that up, or they saw something that looked kind of like that, and they're like, "Well, this that must be because they're gonna do this." <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, you should definitely, you should definitely see it. Okay, so High Plains Drifter and The Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Well, you got some time off coming up, right? <laughs> I do. Yes. So, if you have, I don't know, watch the Nicolas Cage one. That's just hilarious. <laughs> Watch them both. <laughs> They're both good for different reasons. And we'll come back and have an in-depth conversation about those two. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. We're going to have some great episodes coming up. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been an interesting discussion. Yes, I think, I think we, we went all over the place. There. We did. We touched on some some fun stuff and some serious stuff. Yeah. And yeah. You had to talk about your good. novel. I did. Yeah. If anybody has seen High Plains Drifter, <laughs> come and talk to Chris about <laughs> it. You know oh what gosh. I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's that's a show. This has been the Long Overdue Podcast.